Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is a show where we choose a genre every month and we choose some of the best or some of the most iconic films in that genre to review. So we are still in Murder Mystery Month, just mysteries. And we are going with an Agatha Christie film adaptation from her 1939 mystery of the same name. And then there were none. But notice it has two other names yeah but they're wild as hell so yep. <laughs> we're just gonna keep it at that uh if you search for this uh you probably will see the, one of the original names you're like god damn it's based on a poem and it's a wild ass poem but this story is the quintessential skeleton for a ton of murder mysteries uh, a ton of the movies we watched is tinily tinily uh slightly based on this so i don't know if glass or a, onion or another agatha christie story yes i don't know if glass onion or knives out one of them is no only one person goes down but they all have some type of feel of this but the movie we did last week identity this is a loose version of this story that we're going to cover this week so this story is just about 10 strangers coming to an island that has a very absurd name and they are systematically taken out. And so the, the hunt is on to find the killer and why they're killing. And that's, that's, that's the long and short of it. So Katie, what did you think about? And then there were none. This is not the first time I've watched this movie. Um, my, when I was in seventh grade, my teacher, uh, had us read this book we read it like together as a class and then did like you know a bunch of discussion and essays about it and whatever and then we watched this movie um because this is really the only good adaption you know to the point when i was in middle school so so like there is a better adaption now there's a tv show that came out a few years ago um but this was the only version and i remember loving this book I like I still have a copy like I have a new copy of this book um, because I love this story even though it has a problematic as fuck title and the poem that's in it that is like the whole basis of the story is problematic as hell um, I think Agatha Christie is an incredible writer and the way that she is able to intertwine everybody's stories and keep you guessing until the very end about who the fuck is actually killing people and what's going on is incredible. And I love how many movies, not necessarily adapted, and then there were none. Because like I said, there have not been very many good adaptions of this story. But how many other movies chose to take little bits and pieces of this story and put them into their own story? Like the one we did last week, Identity. And they took the little... Everybody got a, a little key and they were counting down, slowly picking people off one by one, which is what this whole movie is. And you're meant to guess, you're meant to guess who the killer is the whole time and you just can't. And I think it's incredible how Agatha Christie was able to do that. And I really, really liked this book and movie. Greg. First, I'll say the fact that she used the title that she did kind of reminds me, makes me feel like in some ways just wanted an excuse to use the n-word which is <laughs> not not something that's novel as far as certain white people that just want to find an excuse to use the n-word yeah. um, 
<laughs> she definitely could have taken. Also, I'll say that the fact that she even, you know, is was aware of this poem says something about how she was where she was raised, possibly. Not necessarily know the, her biography, but makes me wonder. Um, she definitely could have used inspiration. This is inspiration without having using use the title itself or made it a part of the plot itself, but just had to put the, throw that out there. Um, but the movie itself is enjoyable once it gets warmed up. Um, yeah, the beginning is kind of slow. I definitely don't suggest watching it. Um, if you're feeling any types of sleepy and relying on it to get your like, you know, adrenaline up and keeping you awake, because I definitely fell asleep when I first tried it. Yeah. <laughs> and had to try it again the next day. <laughs> yep. I was in a fresher state. Um, they don't talk for the first five minutes as they're riding on the boat on the way there. Um, but once things get going, as I've said before, I murder mysteries for me or whodunits for me. Um I'm easily entertained by them, just just on the path of trying to figure it out throughout the whole thing. Um, it's just really easy for me to uh, get sucked into those and get entertained. So I very much enjoyed it. Um, and it seemed to have some subtle, possibly unintentional humor to it in the way they reacted, interacted with one another. Um I, I couldn't tell if some of these actors are putting on voices or if these are their actual voices as you were <laughs> playing their characters. Um, but you had a lot of moments as far as dialogue and as far as trying to follow one another, avoid one another, be paranoid of one another as far as body language and actions and physical comedy that it was very subtle, but to me was at least funny. Um, so I enjoyed it. I'd enjoyed it. I had a good time with this movie for a movie where we see tons of murder. We actually don't see it. This is an old tiny film. So you, you, you get the ominous music and then you hear a whoa, and then you maybe see part of a dead body. Mostly you just see feet. <laughs> yeah. Or an item fall that they had in their hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's very much the back in the day of, uh, I don't know how we make this work. So yeah, you hear the gunshot go off, or you you see the thing fall, and then they're just, which K- is Katie's gone. <laughs> honestly, uh, for this specific film, um, it's kind of wild that they even cared because in the movie or in the book, like clearly there's no like romanticism about the deaths. It's just like, hey, this person was chopped to pieces. Shit, I found a body chopped to pieces, or whatever the fuck, yeah. right? But this this film adaption came out in 1945 at a time when half the people of the fucking world were fighting a war and had just seen people die like yeah this wasn't like it was something that people hadn't seen at this point like it's it's odd because i've read something about the types of movies they made during and after wartime either it was a uh let let's let's watch katie punch hitler in the face you know like yeah or is very much a well, they don't want to see that shit. Let's give them musicals. something else. Yeah. Happy, happy singing musicals so, or love stories. I'm just curious. Well, I know the limitations of the 40s with a film, you know, I can't. This movie came out now. Uh if something heavy was coming off of a, a house and landed on somebody, we would absolutely see all of it. Um, just watch Hot Fuzz. They do the same thing. And honestly, Hot Fuzz is a version of this 
movie. Actually, a lot of those murders happen in that movie. Well, I'll be dipped. Because <laughs> something yeah, heavy, a lot. yeah, something heavy falls on a man's head, and they show the head just disappear, and then like sitting there covered in blood. Holy shit! So I, it was fun. I had a good time with this. It was funnier than I thought it would be for a movie in the forties. There's a scene. It's probably my favorite scene in the movie where, like, you know, Greg's peeping on Katie, and I'm peeping on Greg, and then Katie leaves, and she's peeping on me, peeping on Greg, and it's just. This, that was a wild ass like chain of peeping. yeah this mobius strip of just people just peeping and it, it was really following each other through doors to different rooms to where they ended up circling one another circling. yeah it was fucking funny and i was like i've never seen a scene like that and it was really cool to you know it took a movie from the 40s to show me and i was like that was really awesome so we'll get through this story pretty quick because like i said it ain't graphic at all it's just you know you just see legs and you're like oh no katie died <laughs> so 10 people they're all strangers to each other they arrive on the tiniest little tug i don't even see if you're in a tugboat the tiniest little boat just puffing down the street <laughs> down the water and to an island off the coast of england and so a mr and mrs owen are the people that summon them there and so they are at a mansion and it's got two newly hired servants, Thomas and Ethel Rogers. But the mansion is empty except for these two people, which is a, a, a question that instantly pops up in some of the people's like heads. They're like, it's only you two here? Like, this place is gigantic. And it's like, I don't know. I just got hired. I'm just trying to make sure this place is clean. The bigger question is why any of these people accepted an invitation from somebody they did not know money they're like hey i might get get some money i'm bored nah. it's just it's a weird situation people are wild <laughs> so the the servants tell them that their hosts are absent but they will be come to, they'll come soon they got waylaid in england and so they sit down to dinner and i can't remember who it was one of the guys was getting drunk and he's like made a toast to the empty seats and they're like okay you can stop that and then we see a centerpiece and it's got 10 figurines of Indians, Native Americans. And this is part of the poem and the poem is everywhere. So if you want to check it out, like I said, you'll probably get the wild ass version of it, but this movie correlates with the poem and it will tell you how the murders go. And so it's very much a, the killer is like, Oh, you have to die like this. And you have to die like that. I can read it if you want. Yeah. If you want to real quick. Okay, I'm going to read it without any of the slurs. So I'm going to say persons instead of slurs. Ten little persons went out to dine. One choked his little self, and then there were nine. Nine little persons sat up very late. One overslept himself, and then there were eight. Eight little persons traveling in Devon. One said he stayed there, and then there were seven. Seven little persons chopping up sticks. One chopped himself in halves, and then there were six. Six little persons playing with a hive. A bumblebee stung one, and then there were five. Five little persons going in for law. One got in chancery, and then there were four. Four little persons going out to sea. A red herring swallowed one, and then there were three. Three little persons walking in the zoo. A big bear hugged one, and then there were two. Two little persons sitting in the sun. One got frizzled up, and then there was one. One little person left all alone. He went and hanged himself, and then there were none. Hey, that last line is the movie title. Yes. 
and also the current book title because the old book titles are inappropriate as fuck yes so they see the centerpiece and then we see that a few of them know how to play piano and so they go through the poem thomas one of the servants puts on a gramophone record so old timey records even before like the legit types of records uh, if you think of like old maid like the big old horn on it and stuff it's the old timey one so they put on a record and we hear a man's voice accuse everybody of murder and folks are just like sipping their like wine or eating a sandwich they're like oh shit and everyone's face makes some type of movement when they hear all the things that they've done so we have general john mandrake and he has killed his wife's lover a lieutenant under his command and we see emily brent the death of her young nephew dr armstrong he got drunk while he was working on someone like doing a surgery and they died prince starloff he killed a couple while he was speeding so he was on he was under the influence of that consumption he's the one playing the piano and uh he said they took my license away he's like what why I hit two people while I was going really fast. The way he fucking said that shit was so nonchalant. Yeah. I was like, bro, you have no sympathy at all for the fact that you just murdered folks in a hit and run. Yeah, he gave no fucks. Uh, Vera... In your car that went 40 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Running on fucking like, corn syrup or something. <laughs> Puttering down the street, just slowly. Cranking mushed. that shit up. Yeah, slowly mushed a person over. <laughs> Vera Claythorne, she murdered her sister's fiance. The judge, uh, Judge Quinn Cannon, responsible for hanging of an innocent man. Ready was black. Philip Lombard, he killed 21 South African tribesmen. They were black. And then we have William Bloor? Bloor. Bloor uh, of perjury. And it resulted in an innocent man dying. And then we see that Thomas and Ethel Rogers, they, they caused the death of their previous employer like an old, just beat up person, you know, an invalid. And just their shittiness caused that person to die. So after they hear this, they're like, what the fuck? Is this a joke? What is happening here? And then they, it becomes apparent to all of them that they don't actually know or have seen the people that brought them here. So Mr. and Mrs. Owen, and they see on everything, the notes that they got was a name that it was U.N.Owen. And so they're like, oh, it's probably like Eustace. And they look at the name and they're like, un, you, un, Owen, un, it's unknown. We just got played, y'all. <laughs> yep. And they figure out that the island, they are stuck on the island for at least, what, three days? Mm-hmm. They were there on a Friday, I believe. They got there on a, like early on a Friday. And the Won't be back till Monday. ferry wasn't coming back until Monday. So they're stuck like Chuck. And they're like, well. I guess we're just going to get drunk, you know, turn up, turn up y'all and Starloff, the one that ran people over. And he's just, uh, he was funny. And I was like, man, I can't wait to hear some more jokes from him. He takes a drink from his drink and that bitch was poisoned and instantly dies. And they're like, why are you playing? Get up. And he's like, he ain't playing. He dead. They're like, oh, (laughs) and at this point, it just starts popping off. People just die left and right. Mrs. Rogers, she died in her sleep. So it's just, someone is just systematically picking them off. And every time someone dies, the figurine of the 10 Indians 
one of the figurines gets snapped off. Like someone kills them. They're like, okay, Broken. Katie went down and snaps it off. It keeps on walking. Yeah. I guess you would hear that, but hell, I don't know. <laughs> so someone's strong as fuck. Yeah. They're popping it close to the bottom of the what, base too. I don't know what those figurines are made out of. Even if they're like those little porcelain, like, what is it? Precious moments figurines. Yeah. Like those <laughs> things are hard to break. Yeah. Unless you drop that shit on the floor. Like how are you just snapping that shit off? <laughs> so General Mandrake, he gets stabbed to death. And the judge, he's like, okay, Owen, the, the person that brought us here, he's one of us. And there's, I mean, I don't understand. We're all bad people, I guess. But he's trying to kill us. He's even worse. So I don't know what the fuck is happening right now. So it's funny. They vote on who they suspect Owen to be. And the only person that got more than one vote was the servant, Rogers, my boy Rogers. So he has to go sleep in the woodshed because they're like, we don't trust you. You're going to kill us. And he's like, what are you talking about? My wife fucking died. I just want to get off this island. So he is in a woodshed and the next morning they find him dead his head split open with an axe and so it's like god damn that sucks mrs brent the old lady the brave ass old lady she just like was thug life in it the whole movie just walking anywhere by herself she gets killed and they find her body with a hypodermic needle close by so probably full of poison there's a bee in the room and that line of the poem says you got stung by a bee and died and they're like oh shit the bee did it and like no no, not the bee. Someone came in, stabbed her with a needle. That bee was fake as fuck. Yes, it was. That, that 1945 <laughs> fucking fake bee on the window. <laughs> so Armstrong, he discovers that he's the doctor and his needle is missing. And Lombard, his pistol is gone. And so earlier in the movie, he was like checking his gun. He's like, fuck yeah, ain't nobody sneaking up on me. And the people were peeping through the hole looking at him like, oh, he got a gun. Oh, shit. And so the whole movie, everyone's just so nosy and jumpy toward each other, as they should be, because one of them is a killer. And they're very, like, like polite about it. It's, it's so odd. <laughs> so at dinner, Quinn Cannon, Armstrong, Bloor, and Lombard, they all confess to their crimes. And they're like, well, okay, yeah, I was drinking, but, you know, it's a hard job. And, you know, I kind of fucked up with, in my surgery. And so they all kind of they, they confess, but they're like, hey, I'm not that bad, you know? So Miss Claythorne, when it's her turn, she excuses herself and gets her coat and she just like leaves. And then they hear a scream and they all run in there and they hear a single gunshot go off. So they find her scared because she touched some seaweed hanging from the ceiling. She thought it was a cold hand touching her shoulder and they find Lombard's gun. Hooray! And Quinn Cannon apparently got shot in the head. The doctor's like, oh, man, someone shot him in the head. Well, moving on. <laughs> the power was turned off because uh, a few of them thought they were smart and they were electricians and they fuck up the power. So the whole house is just in darkness now. Uh, Miss Claythorne, she's like, I'm innocent. But Armstrong's like, nah, you're, you're bad. You're probably the one because you've been just quietly in the corner this whole time watching people die so she gets locked into her room and they're like well we'll find out if you're the killer and that night claythorne admits to lombard that her sister killed her own fiance and she helped cover it up and so she took the blame 
fun fact, apparently this is the reason that Lizzie Borden, this is the whole situation with it. So apparently Lizzie Borden's sister was the crazy one that, that killed their family. And Lizzie Borden took the blame because she didn't want her sister to go down for it. So apparently that's a running real reason about the whole Lizzie Borden thing. Because like, why did you snap at it for no reason? Like, I don't know. I'm crazy. Just I'm crazy. Like, what? it's not your crazy sister. You did it. Yeah, I did it. She, she didn't do nothing. Okay. <laughs> so at this point, the two realize Armstrong's missing. And they're like, where's the fucking doctor? Uh, the next morning, Bloor, he is with peeping out to the to the beach and he's like looking at something. He's like, oh, I understand everything now, which is the worst sentence to say in a mystery or a scary movie because you die instantly afterward. Mm-hmm. And he does some stonework from the fucking mansion comes off and it's a big ass piece and it crushes him, hits him, makes his head explode. We don't know, but he is dead dead in a stack of rubble <laughs> yeah <laughs> lord of the flies s you know r.i.p piggy go oh, piggy that's my boy piggy <laughs> <laughs> stop doing that shut up piggy <laughs> i got the cuts and and yeah and <laughs> fuck man i like piggy a lot so we see that lombard sees a corpse on the beach it's armstrong and he's been dead for a bit so at that point miss claythorne has lombard's gun She's got the pistola and she's holding it at him. She's like, you got to be the killer. It's, you know, it's just me and you. And it's like, no, it's not me. And you're weird. And you haven't shot me yet. So you can't be the killer. It's something else. It, it, someone else is the killer. And so Lombard actually says that his name is actually Charles Morley. So he had uh, luggage in the beginning of the movie that had a CM on it. And someone asked him, like, your name's Lombard. Why does it say CM on your bag? And he's like, oh, my buddy had this bag. and I thought it was cool. This is like the designer's name on it. It's like, I, I got it because he was he thought it was cool. So he's like, I'm not even supposed to be here. The real Lombard is like somewhere else. Actually, he says he committed suicide. So he wants to know why he didn't want to come here. And so that's a real fucking friend, man. Lombard's like, my boy killed himself because of this letter. I want to know why the fuck he did it. So that's why I came. And so Morley has insight. Well, yeah, we'll call him Lombard still. But Morley, Lombard, has a plan. He's like, hey, Miss Claythorne, shoot me. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, shoot me because the killer's probably watching and is waiting on this moment. Do it. And so she fake shoots him. She shoots away. But from a distance, it looks like a murder from the 40s. You know, you get shot, you're like, ooh, and fall over and ooze because everybody dies in the 40s like that. So, hooray! Miss Claythorne comes back to the to the home and finds a noose hanging in the parlor. And she discovers who Owen is. It's Quinn Cannon, my fucking boy in this movie. He was like, like the most laid-back Irish man. And apparently he's like one of the biggest actors from ireland like he got awards for being so awesome back in the day uh he's just he was just this cool irish this whole guy. cast is huge yeah this like he was just a cool irish guy in the back just like let's keep it together guys he was the killer the whole time so we see that he's been searching his whole life for perfect justice and when he found out that he was terminally ill that he was gonna die soon he came up with a plan and so he had armstrong help him fake his own death to catch 
Owen, whoever Owen is. And then he proceeded, well, he killed Armstrong because he knows what's up. But then he picked all these people that were bad. And he's like, that's the most ultimate justice I can give. I can kill the bad guys, which in turn makes you a bad guy. But he's like, I'm good because when I die, hopefully I get some good fucking stars on my record for killing all these bad people. And so he tells he tells her that, hey, you can either like hang yourself to on your own volition or you can wait till the cops get here and then they'll send you to the gallows, which is what's going to happen because you're the only person alive in a whole building with nine other dead bodies. So whatever you yeah, want to do, frankly, I take my chances. Yeah, uh, I'm scooting off. Yeah, they ain't catch my ass. But he tells her, like, stay here or you can get hanged later. So it's up to you. And he drinks some poisoned booze and it's like, deuces. <laughs> but then he sees Morley's still alive and he's like, son of a bitch, you can't trust a woman for nothing. <laughs> and he dies. And so Vera and Morley, they survive and the boat arrives and the captain's like, hey, do you want me to call the other people or is it just you guys? And he's like, oh yeah, you can call for him. And they head outside and I guess the captain's going to come in and just see the dead bodies everywhere. And he's like, what the fuck happened? And just be cool with it and take them home. Yeah. Right. Hop on a boat with these two people that probably murdered everybody. Cause there's no alibi. They were just, so you came to this Island with nine other people and you got off by yourself. Yeah. You probably killed them, right? No, actually there was another killer. Nah, I don't believe that. (laughs) You're a killer. So Katie, who's your favorite character in, and then there were none. Uh, I liked Rogers. The butler <laughs> he was really there for comedic relief he was always just like nah dude it wasn't fucking me you want me to prove that it wasn't me you want me to prove i didn't poison these drinks let me just go on a fucking vendor right now and he drink drunk. and drink all these drinks and then when he came out <laughs> later to serve them dinner he was like stumbling it was fucking funny <laughs> i forgot <laughs> uh but also I loved that he is also the voice of the caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, shit. That's his regular voice. So that's his regular voice, huh? It's a very unique voice. Greg. (laughs) It's also Rogers. Um, It's it's completely understandable for everyone to suspect everyone in that situation, but. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm taking this personally. I'm gonna be petty about this. Yep. Don't think I'm. Don't think I'm about to keep serving y'all as a, as a, as a, as a, as a, as a butler and cooking y'all food if y'all are just gonna sit here. You know, I, I, I get the most votes. Oh no, I'm not having that. You're not getting food. <laughs> and all of a sudden, no, no, no. I didn't read it as him being drunk. I thought he was. I guess it was him being drunk. But I thought he was intentionally like putting food in front of their face and then pulling away before they could get anything. Maybe it was a little both. I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna he did do myself, that too. I'm gonna tell myself it was both. He was both drunk and just like screw you. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, you're not getting no food. You think I'm, think I'm the killer? No, nothing for you. I didn't vote for you. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> he was all types of petty about it, and I'm all here for it because I've done the same thing. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> petty for life. Then there's that one point where he's grabbing himself a drink of water. I think he's sitting himself down. The other guy thinks he's getting a drink for him. He's like, no, this for me right here. <laughs> you got it you got it so he was just yeah the way in his negotiation at the door when the, he's already subjected himself to staying outside in the cabin and they're like hey 
open this door. Like, no, well, no, <laughs> but it just in his in that voice of his, which apparently is his actual voice, just <laughs> the pettiness, the the way he the, him communicating his pettiness through with that unique voice was just it 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 very much tickled me. I love Rogers. So honorable mention to to fucking Rogers, fucking great. Great character. I wanted more. He made it pretty far in the movie, though. But it'd been cool if he made it like closer to the end. But he's gonna die. You know, he's not a main character type. But I adored Judge Quinn Cannon before you realize he's the fucking killer. I adored this man. He was just like he didn't. He wasn't a drunk. He wasn't anything. He was just like this old guy, just chilling, trying to find the killer. And he seemed to have the most common sense out of everybody. And it was awesome, but then, you know, that shoe drops. You're like, oh, you're the killer, man. <laughs> but I had a fun time with him, man. His voice, just, just this cool Irish guy is just trying to find a killer. And he seems so interested in the mystery of it. Because I guess being a judge, just he wanted to find justice. He wanted to catch this person so they could save the day. So I thought it was really cool to see him. But, yeah. Uh, shame I picked the one person that was the goddamn killer. I was like, God damn it. Because <laughs> usually I pick the villain because they're great. So I guess I did pick the villain because he was great. Katie, who was your least favorite character? So I had a couple. Um, <laughs> but well, I had like three or four, but I'm only going to say two. Um, I couldn't stand Ethel Rogers. Um, yeah. I just, I don't like characters in movies in any movie that are just there to scream like just there to be like oh my god what was me all these things are happening oh yeah she got the vapors yeah she had the vapors and i cannot stand characters like that it's just like grow some balls and like you know come on <laughs> and then my second one was uh prince starloff and he was what? only in it he wasn't in it for very long um but the, mostly the reason why he's my least favorite is because of how nonchalant he was about the fact that he killed two people he was a dickhead but he it was funny. did not he was funny he was yeah. funny as hell and he was a good piano player and his singing was horrible but um it was interesting and i just i couldn't get over how much he just did not give a fuck that he killed two folks you're just like (laughs) on with my life (laughs) greg i too disliked miss rogers yeah the 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 hysterics were just it was just too much for me it was it was it was very extra having not watched a lot of films from that time period it seemed (laughs) at the same time it seemed stereotypical for that time period to have someone acting those hysterics just the screaming, the fainting, and uh, I just, I could not wait for her to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually turned out to be, I turned out to be lucky in that sense because her character dies. First one to die. <laughs> like, right, like, well, I don't have to hear you scream throughout this whole film like I anticipated. I was just, I was just bracing myself to just, oh, uh, I don't think I heard a voice that annoying in a film since I watched To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh man, this that daughter. Oh, when I we had to watch that in high school, God have mercy. I did not want. Oh, just didn't know one hear a speech. The voice, just uh, I had a guess. Oh, oh. 
great story, but yeah, that little girl, that shit was annoying. Oh God, have mercy. Yeah, so I just I couldn't take it, and luckily I didn't have to take it for long. Uh, I'm gonna hop on this Ethel hate train. Choo choo. Yeah, uh, like like Greg and Katie said, like people that get the vapors, man. I guess when you live in the 40s like you didn't see enough wild shit i mean there's wars and shit but apparently you didn't see enough wild shit in your life that i don't know just something crazy happened well not the women the women weren't doing things the women were sitting at home taking care of children so their lives were so just boring that just like yeah so when anything happened they were imagine imagine being a the grown-ass adult that you are Hmm. and having never experienced any type of blood or gore or anything oh yeah i'd probably throw up you've never you've never seen a gun like like pointed at you you've never like witnessed anyone get shot you've never witnessed anything bad at all you've never watched a movie or played a video game or anything like that that is any of that kind of thing and then all at once you're experiencing that oh yeah yeah that, the, same that probably reason me up. the girl in the first um indiana jones just fucking screams the whole goddamn time because oh yeah temple of doom yeah she's just sheltered yeah and her not, life is wild <laughs> yeah but she's but she hadn't experienced anything and all of a sudden she's experiencing everything and she doesn't her she just doesn't know how to deal with it i fucking hate those characters but i understand where they're coming from yeah so yeah ethel she didn't do anything it made me sad because everybody else had some type of scene where they shot they shined i saw like the older lady she was so just like yeah I'm not she was thug life man she just walked anywhere and did whatever she felt like and she well, made she, it pretty far into the movie my, my favorite line of hers of the older ladies is that she when they questioned her about why she was out and about doing her own thing she was like i trust myself alone that's the being alone is the only thing i do trust at this point like i don't trust any of y'all let me be alone because i know i'm not gonna kill myself yeah (laughs) so oh uh redacted my favorite character was that cat (laughs) that cat was so cute it was 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 a very cute cat like fucking dead body and string like ah string (laughs) hey why she ain't moving oh she got string (laughs) it just went off with its life Uh, (laughs) oh Hopefully that cat's going to live because there ain't no more food on that island. But anyway. It ate all the people. Yeah. <laughs> just, ooh. Ugh. So let's do seven word synopsis. I only have one. And mine is everyone was so polite for being so, for being scared. It's the weirdest thing. But I guess when you just need to know who the killer is, I guess I got to talk to everybody. And one of these some bitches is the killer. They also kind of underreacted to so much death happening around them. Yeah. It, it's so odd like oh oh katie got shot fuck okay well night y'all just like what <laughs> do we need to move that body or we're just leaving it there like maybe we yeah. needed a little bit of clear duvall in this <laughs> <laughs> she'd be crying too much it'd be so bad <laughs> katie uh okay racist poem and original title great story and then my second one, different ending from book, combining two poems. So there are two different versions of this poem. One is the N-word racial slur, and then there's one that is Indian, as in Native Americans, racial slur. And the deaths in each poem are different. Um, and for this, 
for the book in the actual book all of the deaths follow the n-word version all everybody dies that way um and in the movie because they didn't want to end it the way that the book ends which is spoiler alert everybody dies uh they chose to take the last two deaths out of the um the other poem the poem that was actually about native americans and they just kind of combined them together and made this movie and it worked out that the two people that they wanted to survive at the end i guess of the movie were still alive great wouldn't happen to 10 black folks though you damn right <laughs> hispanics either <laughs> Call it, call it what you call it what you want, but wouldn't it happen to them? Hey, what, what Joe doing over there? Is he? <laughs> just, they all break off in different directions. Killer's like, fuck! They ran off quick. Uh, <laughs> this is the end of the credits. It <laughs> like people just break off. Well, there goes my plan. <laughs> They're on the island somewhere. I don't know fucking where they are. <laughs> wouldn't even came to the island. Wouldn't even come to the island. Yeah, you're right about that. They'd have to really trick my ass to get my ass to an island. I don't know what they'd have to say. <laughs> Million dollar giveaway. Just got to come to an island for a couple of days. I don't like that, but I like money. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They have to play my ass. Nope. So Katie came up with a sweet ass list of movies inspired by, and then there were none. So we got Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. That's a new one that came out. That is absolutely on the list already. That's going to be one of the scary movies we do at some point. Then Identity. Hey, we watched that. Clue. We're going to do Clue at some point. April Fool's Day. April Fool's Day is a fun-ass movie from 1986. We're going to do that at some point. And Mindhunters. Is that a show or a movie? It's a movie. Okay. Because I thought Netflix had something like that with that name. Mindhunter is the show. Yeah, they got away with that shit. (laughs) <laughs> okay and then kind of she put see how they run yeah i don't know if i've seen that one it, me neither it's a newer movie from last oh, year okay i thought it said 2002 i was like no oh, okay. sorry 2022 oh, okay cool any kind of sloppy so this bad boy came out october 30th 1945 spooky as shit probably someone shit themselves watching this so yeah, <laughs> uh we did get some info on budget and box office i don't know how legit it is but what do you guys think the budget for and then there were none was katie uh five hundred thousand dollars greg i saw a number so i'm gonna do this with katie katie uh what i saw the box off the 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 budget and the box office for the exact same number would you like to change your number based off that information Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and change it to what? Um, a million? Holy guacamole. <laughs> Greg over there shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> so from what I've ascertained information-wise, which is whatever was on Wikipedia, I wasn't searching for this, the budget in the box office were $1 million. This is old as fuck. There's got to be some discrepancy of these two numbers, but Whoever put this info was like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> I <laughs> feel you, but <laughs> that's too much work. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm surprised that they even had info money wise because a lot of films around this time, that is like, we never thought about the 
budget of box office. We just made the movie and just went about our lives. I'm like, shit, <laughs> no one gave a fuck. So it seemed to have done good. This movie is very iconic. A lot of people enjoyed it. Uh, it's like I said, it's a fun one. Leonard Malton, uh, one of the film critics I actually like, he gave it four out of four stars, said it was highly suspenseful and praised the script, the musical score, and the visuals. I can't even remember the music. The beginning and the end had sweet-ass things, but I can't remember the music as it was happening. Well, that's mostly the music in a lot of stuff in the 40s. It was like only for the really big moments they weren't doing. There's not a lot of underscoring for the rest of this. They were basically all reprises of the the poem and song version that the the, the, uh, Russian did on the piano. You're right. Mm Mm-hmm. So another thing I saw, it was distributed by 20th Century Fox, but the copyright was allowed to lapse. And now this film is in public domain, which like a lot of things soonish. Uh, I don't know if Peter Pan, is that in now public in public domain or is it coming up? Um, I don't know. I want to. Well, Disney will probably do something about that. Well, Disney doesn't own it. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Peter Pan can never be in the public domain. Oh, Peter, yeah. So Peter Pan is a special um, circumstance when, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember brain. Nope, I'm not going to get to it. Barry. When J.M. Barry was going to die, like he knew he was getting close, he wrote in his will that all of the rights for Peter Pan um, and anything that had to do with peter pan went to an orphanage in london like there is a specific um orphanage in london that gets all of the proceeds and has all of the holds all of the titles and things for peter pan so if anybody ever wants to do an adaption or make toys or whatever they have to go through that specific hospital uh orphanage thing to do anything so disney doesn't have any type of like all out call on it which is why there are so many versions of peter pan because that hospital or orphanage whichever one it is i can't remember they are very much like go ahead yeah like just makes us money you're you're only making us money like you know kick us back whatever you make that's it go ahead okay (laughs) <laughs> oh, you got a, you got more than a million, but you're giving us a million? Cool. Yeah, Disney's coming out with a live-action one yeah. next year. This place is getting some money. So the reason I brought that up is because I remember Winnie the Pooh. That's now public domain. That's yep. why we're getting a horror movie with Winnie the Pooh, just fucking people up. But this film, there are so many different versions of this movie because it's public domain and you can do whatever the fuck you with, want with it. There was a radio version that came out in the UK uh, with BBC and apparently quite a few of them actually. it hit like gangbusters everyone absolutely loved it uh they did talk about the the sensitivity of the original name and stuff like that but they weren't doing that in the 60s they did have that name and in the 40s there was one that came out in 1949 four yes. years after this they did another one and it, they was just like the original title original everything was yeah rough so 65 74 87 in 1989 but then i know in the bc uh, bbc BBC, the bbc they've made tons of different versions shows radio show in 2015 so there has been so many versions of this because it's just public domain you can just do whatever the fuck you want with it 
So well, and it's really popular. Yes. Agatha Christie has stood the test of time, like being problematic um, with her titles and some of the stuff that she was like, you know, it's a different time. People are talked different. People spoke differently and everything is different. Uh, but Agatha Christie's murder mysteries are still just like flying off the shelves. They're still making like they just did uh, Death on the Nile. The first one was Murder on the Orient Express. And they're going to do I think they're coming out with a third one in his that whatever that fucking detective guy's series is. Poirot. Yeah. Hercule Poirot. Yes. So uh, it's a fun one. Like I said, everyone enjoys it. So. Uh, does anybody have anything else to say about and then there were none read the book but don't be offended okay so with that that is the end of this episode so if you have any other cool fun facts about i don't know agatha christie or why the name shouldn't be like that you can tweet us at allentown pod we have an email it is allentown presents at gmail.com we have a facebook at allentown presents so I don't know for sure if this is going to be the last mystery one. This is a really good genre. I like this. And there's tons more mysteries out there. We're going to do Clue at some point because I love that fucking movie. It's some of my favorite deciding of who the killer was and everything. So we're going to do that at some point. So uh, like always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week, next month with another cool genre that Greg will probably think up and be like, damn, that was a really, really good one. So for everyone here, thanks so much. Like always. Bye, guys. Bye. Talking about once they have a black Tinkerbell? No, I was going to say once it becomes a scary a horror film, like, oh, I was going to say either it becomes a horror film or once it ends up on Skin. I think there already are horror films about Peter Pan. Okay, well then it ends up on skin. Oh man, give me a, I a mean, softcore porn version of fucking Peter Pan. I would love for someone to do a true to the book version of Peter Pan. Oh, he's a dickhead. Yeah, and it plays like a horror film because he's straight out murdering folks, kidnapping kids too. Kidnapping kids. He kills the lost boys when they like are ready to grow up. He doesn't let them grow up, he just kills them. That sounds awesome. Yeah, Pan, yeah the, the true Peter Pan, shit, like too. if you read the, the book, Peter Pan, it is wild as shit. Like there are a few versions that do Tinkerbell justice where she's like a jealous bitch of a fairy and like legit is trying to kill Wendy because of it, because she is in love with Peter Pan. But no version that I have seen of Peter Pan so far has done him justice, except kind of in um, Once Upon a Time. He was a dick in that. Yeah. Well, he's a kid. Which book? Which book, though? Because aren't there multiple books? No, the original J.M. Barry version of Peter Pan.